Welcome to an inspirational message from Creekwood Church. We hope that you have an encounter with God and discover practical ways to help you live a life of purpose. Where's all my married people? All the people laughing, all the married people, because they know that's true. All the single people are like, what? Where's all the married people? Come on, raise your hand. Wow, look at y'all. What about all our single people here in the house? Raise your hand up high. Come on. Some of y'all like, don't do this. Raise it up high. Come on, raise it up high. And I want you to keep it up high because I want you to look around and see what you're working with today. (laughs) Just go, hey, what group are you in? What life group do you go to? It is great to have you guys. I got a lot to share this morning. And so um, I want to get right into our teaching today. And if you've got your Bibles and... um, want to turn to Proverbs 29, 18 is where we're going to start out in just a few moments. But I do want to say this before we get into this, um, a message today. You know, if you're single here, I, I want you to hear me today. Um, I know there's a tendency anytime you do a marriage or a relationship series, it's very easy to go, man, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here and and I don't want to hear about all this stuff and uh, you know, I'm not married yet, you know, or, or I've been married and I, you know, we're all at different stages and different phases in our life. And I want you to hear me when I say this is that this series is for everybody. That the beauty of God's word is that God's word has a way of speaking into our lives, no matter what season we're in. And I also want you to hear me if you're single here today, I never want, um, to be communicated from our church that the pinnacle of your life should be that you got married. Um, for, for a lot of people, the pinnacle of their life is that God has called them to be single. And God can use you in a powerful way. I know some of you that are single, you're like, I don't want that calling. You don't want to stay single. But listen, I, I never want you to hear me saying that the pinnacle of your life is to get married. The pinnacle of your life is that you serve Jesus Christ and that you live for Christ. You, you live to the fullness of what God has called you to live. And so I, I want you to hear me when I say that. I also want to say this is that, as I said a few moments ago, we're all at different stages. And I, I never want you to mishear me because I know that there's some of you that are walking through some really uh, serious things in your marriage and your relationship. And if you're in an abusive situation and, and uh, you're being abused in, in, a, in, a, in your marriage, please don't hear me saying, that, hey, you need to just stay there and just stick it out. If you're being abused in your marriage, you need to call the law. Amen? You, I've said this for years is that, listen, I don't want you to stay in a relationship where there is abuse going on. You need to call the police and, and listen, if you're a man here and, and you want to abuse somebody, we'll put a dress on Pastor Keith, send him over to your house. <laughs> I always like saying that. Uh, <laughs> but um, I, I want you to hear me because I, I want to be sensitive to everybody that is in different stages. But I think what happens is that a lot of us, man, we have such misconceptions about marriage and relationships and just kind of gone, gone along in life and really never had a clear picture of really what God's plan is. And the, the whole purpose of this series is that I, I want you to have awesome life-giving relationships. But I think so many of us are doing it wrong. 
And we don't have a clear vision for what marriage is supposed to be about. And what happens is, is we just kind of are going along in life and, and there's no clear picture of what this is supposed to look like. We look at older people that have been married a long time and you are like, man, I don't know what happened to them, but that kind of love doesn't happen anymore. What I would tell you this is that, that I believe that there's some things that we can learn clearly from God's word that can help us have that kind of love in our life. The Bible says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there's no vision, the people perish. You have to have a clear vision for your life. You know when you get a clear picture of your life, the life that you want, what happens is you now can start to produce the life that you want, but you have to have a vision. You have to have this clear picture of what you want. And I don't think we talk about that enough in our life because we just kind of like, isn't it true that life just kind of happens to us? We're just kind of going along and we, we, you know, you can remember when you were a little kid and I, I said this last weekend, this generation they, they don't know, like, things have changed, right? Like most of us in here, when we were growing up, we didn't have technology. We didn't have iPads, iPhones. It was hard to be in love. Like last week, we talked about that you had to make a mixtape. How many of y'all have made a mixtape? These are the people that had to work hard to be in relationships, and, and what happens, though, is you're just kind of going along. Life happens, and, and, and I think about when, what it was like being a kid, and you're in school, and, and how much things have changed. But isn't it true that when we can all remember, you know, back in elementary school, when you went to school and you walked in the classroom, if you saw this picture, you knew it was going to be a great day. <laughs> it was movie day, and you were going to get to watch Fat Albert. It was good. Life was hard. Like when you went to, like nothing was made out of plastic. Everything was made out of metal. You went to McDonald's, it was made out of metal. If you fell out of that puppy, you were going to break your neck. Like, man, our parents loved us so much. A lot of y'all, this is the way you grew up. Your parents didn't let you, make you wear a seatbelt, right? How many of y'all rode in the back of a station wagon? Nothing tells a kid, I love you, like, son, get in the back of the station wagon. <laughs> Roll the window down, and you had to crank it, right? <laughs> you know, I know some of you young ones don't know what cranking the window down was because you just know the, the button. You just push the button all the time, but you had to crank it. Like, it wasn't, like, when you went to the playground, life wasn't safe. You got on these <laughs> playgrounds. <laughs> some of y'all remember that. You could have lost your life. You played on that thing, you got third-degree burns, but you still got up. Like, let me ask you this on a serious note. How many of you, like, you got spanked when you were a kid? Like, you got busted. Look at all the spiritual people, well-rounded, just well-adjusted folks, well-disciplined people in church today. How many of you never got a spanking? Look at that. You notice that, that there's just a few people here today in church? Everybody else that didn't get a spanking, they're out in the world being heathens. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with not getting a spanking. But how many of y'all remember? We got busted, right? 
were kids, anybody could spank you. Like the neighbors. You know, you're walking on being misbehaving. Boom, they bust you like, hey, I don't know you. Well, you're going to know me now. <laughs> Stop. Like when you went in, nowadays, if your mom is chasing you in the mall to bust you, people call the law on your parents. Back in the day, people like, you were running from your parents. They tripped you. <laughs> you're like, oh, you know, I mean, they bust you. And if your mom told you, Get in the car, I'm going to leave you. She actually would leave you if you didn't get in the car. You're running behind the car going, Mom, wait. You're like, no, you're staying. Things change, and, we, and, and life just kind of happens to us, and we can laugh about it. And, but isn't it true that, that, that most of us, we really don't have a vision for our life? And I, listen, I loved growing up in the 80s. I loved uh, being a kid in the 70s. I, I love that. And I loved all the special things that we got to go through. But what happens for most of us is is we can look back. And as I said last week, and every single person in here, we have a need that is placed by God inside of our heart that we we desire and we want love in our heart. We want to be loved. And somewhere in the mix of all the chaos that's going on in our life, all the, the funny stuff, and some are funny, some are not. And you kind of, for some of you, it was kind of, you're like, Pastor, that's funny to you, but it was painful for me for what I went through as a kid. And somewhere in the mix, you started to kind of go, well, man, I, I want to be loved. And you can remember when you were in elementary school and, 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 and kind of starting to discover liking somebody. I thought this was, was really cute and kind of funny, um, some notes that kids wrote to the person they loved. And here, here's one that I think is pretty funny. It says, I love you very much. I love you as much as cake. I love you more than anything else in the world. And the next one, I'm sorry that I've been chasing you outside. If you'll start liking me, I won't chase you. We got a little stalker going on there. Here's another one. I'm angry at you. I'm not talking to you today and tomorrow. P.S. All day. P.S.S. I still love you. Here's another one. Alice, I love you even though you're much larger than Kristen. This boy is still 45. We still don't know why he's gotten, hadn't gotten married. He's still single. Last one, Aaron, I think I love you, but I also might like another girl. Just so you know, name's Tara. (laughs) Life just kind of happens, and we're just kind of confused about it, and we kind of like, we look at our friends about love, and we're like, write little notes, and then you get in middle school and high school, your heart's broken, like we said last weekend, and you just kind of get out there. There's no clear vision. And then you turn 18 or 19 or 25 or whatever, and you wake up one day and you're like, you know what, I need to get serious about a relationship. I need to get married or I I, want to be married and and I want to be in a relationship and you just kind of get out there. And what happens is, and I want to show you this this diagram uh, of this this triangle, because Andy Stanley, and if you're looking for great resources about marriage and relationships, Andy Stanley is just incredible. 
pastor and writer and, and written a lot of great stuff, a lot of great resources about this. But he came up with this. And this is basically what happens in our life. And um, this is the way it's supposed to look like relationships in our life when we have vision. But what happens is most of us have never re- really been taught about what clearly having a clear vision for our life. We start, isn't it true that most of us start with the physical? We're looking, like I said like last weekend, we, we are looking for that perfect person that's going to complete us, that's going to fulfill us, and, and it starts with the physical because you're looking for chemistry. You're looking for somebody to have passion with, and you're like, you know, if I don't have chemistry with them, then I don't, I, they must not be the one. And I, I want to just remind you again that, that, listen, you can have chemistry and you can be physical with a lot of people. And this is where what a lot of us have been taught. We just kind of get out there and we, we, we begin to get in relationships and, and love songs, the shows that we watch on TV, everything that is communicated to us, that it all starts with the physical. I mean, just watch the, I know I sound old fashioned when I say this, but just go watch The Bachelor. It's one guy, French kissing, 30 girls, and doing the nasty. <laughs> I said the nasty, okay. <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I want to just say this to you. I need to say this. I know some of you, this series, we're going to talk about some, some of the things are going to be a, adult content, and maybe you're like sitting next to your 17-year-old son or daughter, and you're like, they're not ready for this. Uh, listen to me. Most of our kids know more about this stuff than we do. I would encourage you to use what we're talking about as great conversation with your, with your kids. To open conversation. Listen, don't just, I know some of us just grew up. Your parents, what they just said to you is just, don't do it. Your parents just said, don't have sex. Don't have sex. Don't do it. You need to have these tough conversations, and most of us have never had anybody talk to us about this, and where we all, we build the foundation of all of our relationships upon physical. Listen to me. Building your foundation of your relationship on the physical is a terrible foundation. That's where it starts, and most of us, what we do is we jump to the emotional side of it. It's is how you feel when you're around them. You're looking for somebody to, to make you feel good. And oftentimes, this, again, this is a, a, a really, this emotional phase is a dangerous place. Because what, what happens is you really don't know the real person. You know the best version of the person that you're going out with. And a lot of people say they want to get married in this place. But do you know that this emotional stage, that phase, it's, it's the, the one that really is, it's where love is blind. You start off with maybe the physical and you quickly go into the emotional. Psychologists say that it lasts between six weeks to 18 months. And you're like, man, we just, we love each other. Nobody has loved each other like we love each other. We have chemistry. We, man, we, we're, we're, this is, listen, this is why. And again, I know I sound really old-fashioned, and listen to me. If you're single here, this is why if you fall for the lie of, of getting physical and having sex outside of marriage, and you bring that into a relationship, it will blind you. 
you, you will not be able to make the right decisions if you go get physical so fast and you bring the, the physical, the sex, and all of that, and you're just wrapped up in this whole world of, man, I love you, and, and this is incredible, and we get married, and we're just going to like, we're just going to have sex all the time. Some of y'all are like, counting how many times I say sex in church. I see y'all. Some of y'all grew up in a church, the pastor never said sex, and you're like, oh, my word, pastor said sex again. Sex. I'm mean, just kidding. <laughs> I want you to get comfortable with it. All the married people are laughing because you, you remember, you, you, guys, this is what we believe when, when, oh, I can't wait to get married. When I get married, I'm going to get to have sex all I want. <laughs> Those are all the married people. <laughs> you know that's not true. <laughs> and you build on that. <laughs> Y'all, be serious. Okay, let's be serious. But what happens is you, you, this, again, we get lost in the emotion of what, and this is where all the love songs are all about, and, and, and man, they make me happy, and, and, and so many people make the mistake of skipping right into the emotional, and they get into the emotional stage, and they're like, you know what, we have something rare here, we have chemistry, we, this is for us, and we're getting married. And you were like, you don't even know don't you don't even know each other. And what happens is, is we take it to, you know, like, man, you have this conversation, you're like, you know what, well, do you do you really know this person? You're like, no, we just love each other. Well, how, how do they manage money? I don't know. We just love each other. Do you have, you know, you ask the, the, the guy, do you have a job? And they're like, no, I don't have a job. And the girl's like, you don't have a job. I love you so much. You're so awesome. You're so cute when you said you don't have a job. But this gets all mixed up. We're, we're, we, we go, we, we get this all flipped around. And so our, 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 our culture says the physical is the most important thing. And then if you've got emotional uh, chemistry, and, and we start to get this, this mixed up. And then what, what happens next in, in how we get mixed up is we take it social, right? We start to take this social. And this is where you start to introduce the relationship to your friends. And this is where everybody says, oh, my word, we love him. He's so awesome. And then, you know, three years later, when you get a divorce, I could have told you he was a freak, but I didn't want to tell you. <laughs> I could have told you she was a creep. Well, why did you tell me? I didn't want to hurt your feelings. People lie. And, and, and you get around like, like everybody's happy for you when you take it social, right? Very rarely do you have somebody tell you, you know what, man, oh, something about that person. I don't know. It's not right. And usually when you tell somebody about that, what do they usually do? You don't know them like I know them. Because we've got emotional connection. We connect physically like nobody's business. We just, we talk for hours on the phone. We can't even hang up. He wants to talk to me and talk to me and like, like he just listens to me. That's a married lady right there. (laughs) 
And, and again, this is, everybody is happy for you. And everybody is going, you know, like, hashtag, y'all are going to be in love forever. It's going to last forever. And a lot of people get married right here because you're like, we connect emotionally and we got physical going on. And all my friends and my family, they love this person, so this must be it. And you don't even know each other. And what happens is then the next stage is the inter, you take it interpersonal. This is where you start to really get to know somebody. And, and this is where uh, uh, psychologists tell us that this is the stage that most of us don't get to. It's really where you start to learn to understand how they act, what they think about life, what, what is it that is really what makes them. And this is where a lot of times your relationship should stop. If you build it and put the, flip the, the other one back up, Tyler. Um, the, this one, if you build it on the right foundation, which listen to me, if you're single here today, I want you to hear me. The first foundation, the foundation that your life needs to be upon, that it needs to be built upon, is spiritual. The Bible tells us in Matthew 6, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So you've got to build it on the spiritual. Your life, again, this is so hard to do. Because it goes, I, again, this is so countercultural. Most of us are out looking for the one. We're out trying to find somebody. We're, we're building it on the on the. The emotional, the physical, we're, 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 oh, everybody loves it. And we throw out the spiritual side. The spiritual side almost becomes a seasoning that we throw into our life. I think, you know what, oh, we're marrying, we're going along. You know what, oh, man, and this is what happens a lot of times. We've got kids. I think we better bring God into the situation. And it's kind of seasoning. And and what happens is is, is you go spiritual, and the next stage is interpersonal. You start to get to know that person. Put the, the, the whole one back up, Tyler, the first one that you just had. Um, you, you, you start to, to get to know that person. And what happens is if you go up the stages right, by the time that you, you get interpersonal and you start to really get to know them, you realize, you know what? I don't dare give them my heart because I thought you were really a, 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 the person for me and that I thought that, that our relationship was, was really built on something solid. But you know what? I'm realizing you're a freak. And I don't dare get emotionally involved with you and no way is a physical going to happen. Do you know that, that sex was created by God? It's a gift from God to us. And when it is in the context of marriage, it's incredible. But when you mix it in the wrong order, you won't be able to make the right decision. So this, this again, is if you if build it and you start to allow God, again, let's go back to the spiritual stage. If you build your life and your relationships on the spiritual stage, what happens is all of a sudden you're working on yourself. God becomes the one that completes you. You're not looking for a marriage to complete you. 
One of the most dangerous things that you can do is believe that marriage is going to complete you. Do you know that marriage um, was not a strategy for fulfillment for us? God never intended for marriage to be something that fulfills you. One of the most dangerous things that can happen is you can get an emotionally broken person to go into a, a marriage looking for their spouse to complete them. That you're looking for your spouse to, to and this is, why, this is where it gets really dangerous because you're, you're so emotionally broken. This is why the spiritual foundation is so important. You need God to heal you. But if you're emotionally broken and, and all these experiences of your life, what happens is you got all of these needs that you're looking for somebody. Would they just complete me? Well, they, they're going to fulfill my life. And what happens is you are all of a sudden idolizing them. There's certain things about them that you start to idolize. Do you know that anything that you idolize about another person, ultimately you will demonize it? This is why some of you, when you first started going out with, with, with that girl and you were like, man, I grew up in such a chaotic life. My mom and dad were crazy and they never brought, nothing was in order in our life. And she was like so organized. And you loved it. Now, five, six years later, like she's a control freak. You know, some of you girls, you grew up in such a, like, like man, it was so stressful growing up and you're, 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 your man was like, he's so laid back and so easy going. Nothing bothers him. And now you're like, oh, my word, he's like a lump on a log. He doesn't do nothing. You demonize it. And what happens, again, this is the emotional thing. If, if, if you go there first, what will happen is you go into a relationship, man, it'll, it, it, it will destroy you. Do you know that marriage is not a cure for loneliness? Lonely people, when they get married, lonely single people become lonely married people. And too many of us are looking for that. We're looking for the, that person to complete us. You, you need God to be, to make you whole. You need Christ to be your source. See, I, I love this. That we, Listen to me. If you're not married... What I would encourage is you to, to, to start to process this is that I will seek the one while I'm preparing for the two. This is so hard to do because isn't it true we start to get nervous? Because it requires faith. If I'm going to build my life and my, my foundation of my life and my relationships are going to be on the spiritual and I'm going along and I'm saying, God, I trust you that in your right timing, uh, I'm going to connect with the right person. This is why it's so important. Listen, if you, if you are spiritually building your life on, on saying, you know what, the foundation of my life is, is spirituality, that I need spiritual healing in my life, that you get connected in a life group, that you get around other single people that are working on the same thing, that spiritually are building that foundation. But it requires faith because what happens is you get enough Valentine's days by yourself or hanging out with your mom and dad, you get lonely, Right? And after a while, you're like, I'm just looking for a dude with a cross on his body somewhere. That'll do. <laughs> you were like, oh, my word. I, said, you're, you're, I saw him with his shirt off. He's got a cross on his shoulder. Oh, my word. That's God. 
That's a sign from God. I'm going to be good right there. I'm not going to say anything else. This, we're not taught this. This is so countercultural. This is why you got to get in the word of God. This is why, listen, I, I, I have people ask me how in the world, and I'm just going to tell you this. People ask me, how in the world did you get to marry your wife? Y'all know my wife. She's beautiful. And I'm a little ugly little guy. <laughs> I was, I'm not trying to make you feel sorry for me, but do you know that I purposely, I, y'all laughing at me. <laughs> I, I, I got stubborn about my trust in God. My wife, my mom, even my mom and dad told me, don't leave college without getting married because you won't get married if you leave college without getting married. <laughs> I mean, I had a lot of pressure, but I said, God, I'm going to put you first in my life. Do you know I met my wife at Walmart? That's God. I was working at Walmart getting shopping carts, and God put her in my life in Walmart. Why? Because I was seeking God first. And I said, God, I will do. I'm going to be faithful. You gave me this job. I'm going to, I'm going to keep on working on myself, keep on getting spiritually whole. And when you get ready to put, see, listen to me. One of the worst things you can do is to go into a marriage in a relationship all emotionally and spiritually broken. And you're looking for that person. Oh, my word, it will mess you up. Now, listen to me. If you're, if you're a married person here and your marriage is on the rocks and you feel like, you know what, we're having a lot of marriage problems, one of the things that, that you need to do is start to build yourself in Christ. Don't, don't blame the other person emotionally right now. Don't try to fix them. This is the danger. If you're in a marriage that's having problems, one of the things that happens is we start to go emotional real quick. We're trying to get, figure it out. Why are we not connecting? Why, why, why are we emotionally not together? We used to be so, t- and especially if you built your marriage on, on this wrong foundation and you are like, our marriage is in trouble because we don't connect emotionally anymore and you want to go try to fix it that way, listen, that's, you can't do it. You're not going to receive emotional healing until you get spiritual healing in your life. This means that you just got to say, God, I'm going to start working with myself. I'm going to start spiritually working on becoming the person and allowing you to heal me in my life. This is so important that you've got to stop at the level of spirit at that spiritual level. If you're having a marriage problem right now and your marriage is about to blow up, one of the most powerful things you can do is get into a marriage life group. Find some other people that have struggled just like you have and that they placed their marriage on the foundation, a spiritual foundation where you start saying, you know what, spiritually, I'm going to start letting God heal me. I cannot look to my marriage, to heal me. And you start to build it. And I know some of you are like, well, Pastor, you don't know the person I'm married to. They're like a cousin to Satan. They're, they're horrible. Listen, don't worry about them. God's big enough to deal with them. You quit trying to change it emotionally and work on yourself spiritually and let God bring spiritual healing to you. What happens is, you know what, as God starts healing you, 
and you become more godly. Do you know that's sexy? Listen, men, one of the sexiest things you can do is become godly. And all the ladies said, amen. You start letting God bring out, heal all this junk, this anger, all this bitterness, and all this stuff inside of your life, and you start humbly seeking after God. I'm telling you, it's sexy. So you're like, what? It is. This is why men, a lot of us take such a passive role when it comes to our relationship with God. We show up to church and we're like, well, you know what? This is, I'm just going to get through here. I'm here. Listen, get your hands out of your pockets. When we're worshiping God, you need to worship God. God is the source of your life. You may not be comfortable raising both hands up like this and you need to hold the baby. You're like, just do like this, just hold the baby. But spiritually, what are you doing? You're just you're communicating to your spouse and to your your family that that God is 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 priority in your life. And 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 you you get to this place where you you really allow God to heal you. Do you know that um I, I want you to understand seeking God gives my marriage purpose. It gives your marriage purpose. This is so important when you start to think about in your life, um, one of the worst things that can happen in a relationship is that there's no purpose. And Genesis 2.18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So one of the things you see here is, number one, that there's God intended for there to be companionship. You get married for companionship, but that's not the only thing. Verse 28 says, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it. So part of marriage is to have kids. And I, I know that, that a lot of you maybe can't have kids or for whatever reason you don't. But, but one of the purposes that you can see is that when you get married, it's to have companionship and also for raising kids. And I know some people want to take that scripture out of context and say, well, you know what? Sex is only for procreation. It's only for having kids. But I, I would tell you this, is you need to read Solomon chapter 7, verse 7. The Bible says, you are tall and slender like a palm tree, and your breasts are full. I will climb that tree and cling to its branches. I will, so y'all are like, where's that in the Bible? I got to find that scripture. <laughs> I will discover that your breasts are clusters of grapes and that your breath is the aroma of apples. That's not procreation. That's just fun. Some of you are too nervous to laugh in church. But you see that part of the purposes of marriage is companionship and it's for raising kids. But what you see also in the last part of verse 28, it says, rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. In other words, that God has brought us together for companionship. He's brought us to, to raise kids, but he's also brought us together for a purpose. That God has put you with a person that you are, that you know that there is a hunger inside of your life to do something significant, and, and God has put you together with that person to do something significant in your life. One of the, one of the most powerful things you can do as a couple is to start to, to, to look for purpose with your life. In other words, don't make it about yourselves. Again, this is where you've got to get spiritual healing 
so that you can receive emotional healing in your life and you move beyond just trying to be everything to each other and you start saying, you know what, we are so whole in God, we want to start making a difference. You know one of the most powerful things you can do in your marriage is start to serve together? It's to start to make a difference is where you begin to see that God has put you together. The last one is seeking God gives my marriage grace. And man, isn't it true? We need grace in our marriages. And when you build it upon the foundation spiritually of your life that you say the foundation of our relationship of our marriage is spiritual, man, it brings grace into the picture. Because listen to me, you're married for long enough. After a while, you're going to bruise each other. You're going to ding each other. You're going to say things. And the power of, of being rock solid spiritually in your life where you understand of what the grace of God does in our life. Lamentations 3.22 says, Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. See, I want you to hear me as I close today. Is this is that, you know, when you get in a relationship, it's not going to be about trying to find the perfect person. It's two sinners. And if you go into that relationship looking for them to fulfill you and to make, to complete you, and you're broken emotionally, it's just going to be a mess. But man, when you start to, and again, I, wherever you're at, if you're married here and your marriage is blowing up or you're single, one of the most powerful things you can do is to make a commitment today to say, man, I got to get refocused. I need a fresh vision for my life. That this has got to be about God is not just seasoning in our marriage and our relationship. God is the foundation. It is what our life is built upon. I want us to pray today, and I want to ask you just to bow your heads for just a few moments. And You know, I believe that there are people here today that, man, you are walking through so much pain. There's people here that you've come out of a relationship, and you're like, I never want to be in a relationship again because you were hurt so bad. There's some of you here today that your marriage is hanging by a thread. I just encourage you today to look to God, to seek Jesus. Seek him first. Father, I thank you for every person here today. God, I pray for healing. I pray for restoration. I pray that you would open all of our eyes, that, God, we would not believe the lies of our culture and our world that has caused us to believe that building our life is is to do it the way they teach us, but, God, that we would step back and say, I want to do it God's way, that I'm going to seek God first. I'm going to put God first, that he is going to be the foundation of who I am, my life, and how I become. Father, we thank you for this. God, I pray blessing. I I pray strength over every person here today, God. Father, we thank you for this in your holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more messages and information about Creekwood Church, visit us at creekwoodchurch.com.